You know what I realized that's real fucking weird? How little anyone cares Tony bought Ring of Honor. We barely mentioned it last week, and then like this week I was on browsing YouTube, and it was like, recommended, Tony Khan announces he has acquired Ring of Honor, and I was like, oh yeah, that did also happen, huh? Cool. Wait, you guys mean there's an easier way to get punk soul music? <laughs> <laughs> Bought a whole ass company just to get AFI in here. Could we have just talked to them directly? Maybe, but I have social anxiety and I'm a billionaire. <laughs> Buying a whole company was easier than human interaction, Tony Khan. <laughs> That's big Blake energy right there. That's what that is. <laughs> So welcome to Fight Boys, a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling, and I have controlled my narrative. Scotty Moore! Oh, I got funky with Dango and Daddy last week. Blake Tanner. I am the Dylan, and I fucking hate Britt Baker. Okay, well- I knew it! Before, before we get into this, I just wanna- me and Blake address this before the show. Just, we can talk about it. Just don't repeat what happened last week, because then you're as bad as Britt Baker in doing the same thing every single week. No, 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 that was it. That was, that was, I got all of my yelling out at, at the pay-per-view when I damn okay. near hyperventilated yelling at you after the match. Blake, I need you to understand, I have never thought I was going to be murdered before in my life. But at that point, I was just like, I, I feel like the rage is just going to carry him through. And then there's just going to be a bloodbath as Dylan swipes through this whole crowd. It was, it was, it was not a proud moment, but it was justified. Genuinely terrifying. Um, but then my favorite moment of the night came when I was like, no, no, because I had read it earlier on Twitter where someone was like, what if Brit wins? And then in two weeks, they have a rematch and Rosa wins. And I was like, Okay, that's a possibility, a shitty possibility, but a possibility nonetheless. So I start pitching that to Dylan. But Dylan was in the rage <laughs> and could not listen. <laughs> and I think that's how most people were, which is why they sent out Tony Schiavone to be like, there's gonna be a match. It's cool. Y'all are fine. And, was it? Uh, guys, I was not fine. Please, we can't have a I riot. I was not yeah. fine. And at which point, Dylan turned to me and uttered the phrase of the weekend, which was, you can be right and I can still be mad. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yes, I will allow this. Yep. Because it was still a terrible decision. This rain should yeah. have ended it all out. But I'm still here. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah. At least they started the TBS championship and I can care about Jade. So, like, I got something going. Big ups to Jade for only being in the business like a year and already being one of the most over people in the entire company. It helps. It helps you when know. you're buff and hot. I don't know if you know that. Works yeah. out. Works out for a lot of people. Works out for a lot of people. Yeah, you do your... You do your Mortal Kombat entrance, and that's it. Yeah. It's over. Uh, so this is going to be a weird episode, by the way, y'all, because we don't have any fucking notes. We're just going to talk about how good this weekend in wrestling was. And then also control your narrative. Yeah, and then that yes. happened. Blake, would you like to begin? Oh, we went to New South Wrestling. We went to New South Pro Wrestling, where I've, I've missed something for the longest time, and it's that vibe of, like, Ring of Honor running out of a gymnasium because ring of honor has very good production value 
but it was still in a gymnasium. So I felt like that good mix of trash and good shit. That's what New South felt like. And it was a phenomenal show. Like um, Blake mentioned it, but Effie and Dirty Dango put on a great main event during which Effie fell on me. Yes, Effie fell. We were sitting on the bleachers. It was a community center, and they had like this, um, like basketball court, gymnasium style thing. It had a stage on it. It was everything all in, rolled all in one. Um, there were a few matches that went out to different sections of the crowd, and Effie did promise when we bought our shirts from him that he would come by, and he yeah. did by getting his ass knocked off the top of the bleachers, rolling down them, and somehow miraculously missing Scotty's untouched Diet Dr. Pepper that was standing <laughs> right next to his feet. Yeah, Effie's legs just kind of laid on me for a few, and I was like, it's okay, buddy, you're good. Uh, also, I guess we'll just sprinkle in our baby faces of the week. Baby face of the week to Effie, who was an absolute fucking sweetheart. Uh, when I he said, are you coming to night two of Haas? Which in retrospect, I should have compared to, compared to what I did go to. <laughs> um, but I told him, no, I have to go to control your narrative. At which point, instead of being like, that's a bad decision. What the fuck? Effie was just like, remember that time I treated I tweeted control my narrative, daddy? Yeah. Reddit don't give a shit about my wrestling, but I trended like a motherfucker for control my narrative, daddy. <laughs> Oh, that is what I, that's what, like what I love about Effie. Like he's just mm-hmm. such a chill dude. Every time I've um, yeah. either like this is the first time I think I talked to him one on one, but I've heard him speak a lot, and he's just like yeah. always a down to earth guy. I uh, appreciate. I listened. That. I listened to his podcast weekend at Effie's. It is fucking phenomenal. It is very. It's not like trying to reach out to anybody other than just fans of Effie who want to listen, but it's really good. Uh, I told him about the Wrestle Babies. I was like, hey, I want to thank you. I've got a lot of friends in the LGBTQ community who thought wrestling wasn't for them. And thanks to you, they can see that wrestling is fucking gay and phenomenal. And he just kind of went, come here, man, and then hugged me. And I was like, we're vibing today, buddy. And I was like, oh, you're good. You're just as high as we are. <laughs> Excellent. I wasn't. Didn't you say you saw Effie taking a couple puffs backstage of what looked like it was not backstage, Blake Tanner. Oh, no, Effie it was wasn't. just in the he was in the corner of the gymnasium, the, yeah. just vaping away. There was a lot of talent in that corner coming in and out. I'm guessing that's where their dressing room was, and they wanted to watch the yeah. matches. Uh, but Effie was great. Blake, um, Blake <laughs> did a little faux pas, and it's my favorite story from this weekend. I think, which is when we got in line, and um, I was dressed very Scotty. It's the best way to describe it. And I was dressed fancy. very Blake, which, and also high. Yeah, I'm wearing like a full, I guess like, what would you describe it as, Blake? Like floral pattern, pants, and like shirt. autumnal floral orange. Yeah. Is I'm the very aesthetic. So you look like you, you shopped at, at the gay version of the store where Ryan Nemeth shops? Pretty much, yeah. All right. And so as I walk up, because I am flamboyantly dressed, a very, I don't want to say drunk because it was early in the night, so that means I have to say stupid man, looked at us and said, hey, are you one of the wrestlers? At which point, before I could open my fucking mouth, Blake Tanner said yes. And then they said both of you because Blake's dressed like Blake. (laughs) And then Blake says, yes, we're the BS. And he goes, I'll be watching for you guys tonight. 
And I'm just sitting there going, I don't know if Blake understands what he just did. <laughs> I don't know if oh, Blake understands. I 100% did it. I... It was a it was a purely instinctual reaction when I re- like said something to that guy and I was like yes yeah absolutely and I did not hear what he said because I do that all the time because I don't hear what people say a lot um, and from then on I just turned into a little Daniel Bryan and went with it and, and I lied. lied my ass off to that man in line. The only other note I really have from Haas if uh, anybody wants to check out Haas. Apparently, uh, the night two was also very, very good. But uh, check out Mike Bennett versus Dylan McQueen on that first show, because holy shit, that was a phenomenal match. It was Uh, such a good match, like perfect storytelling just for that kind of match. I knew of Dylan McQueen, because if you're a fan of Effie after a while, you're just like, oh, look, there's the uh, another gay. And then uh, Dylan came out and then wrestled this amazing match that was all predicated on earning respect from mike bennett and then at the end mike of course shook his hand and i'm like it's a simple story but god it was told so well so we went to haas which was a phenomenal time and then the next day i got on a plane to go see dylan where we would not have a good time (laughs) i mean i'm so excited i mean we smoked enough that i remember us having a good time we did. Um, the frustrating thing about con- and heel of the week, control your narrative. The frustrating thing about control your narrative to me is the fact that it. A lot of people are online were like, "Oh, they did this Al Qaeda angle, and they were talking about reptilians, and they did all this right wing bullshit." And I was like, "What were y'all watching?" Because I just saw a really bad indie wrestling show. I saw a yep. really pretentious indie wrestling show, and the whole time as I was thinking about it, and I'm just like, "How can this possibly move forward?" And and I was just like. Just I I pulled a Doctor Strange and I looked into fourteen million futures and <laughs> in exactly zero of them did this work because their their whole idea of like booking brotherhood together means that eventually two people with egos would have to work together and as we all know in wrestling that never works. I believe my favorite moment of control actually no before the show they showed a clip from Control Your Narrative one where Zack Ryder drove around in a, a, a not, go- what's it called? Ghostmobile? No, no, no. Uh, Ecto-1. Ecto-1. Drove around in an Ecto-1 to a shitty cover of the Ghostbusters theme, and that was the coolest thing I saw on that show that night. Matt Cardona was not involved with Control Your Narrative, by the way. Neither was Marina uh, Shafir, and I was also disappointed yep. about that, because she's Shafir baller. wasn't there, 2.0 wasn't there, probably because they realized what it was. Uh, but before also so 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 here let me let me let me explain my gripe with control your narrative so the reason why i thought control your narrative was like we are going to be different we're going to be i thought they were going to bring narrative wrestling into a live setting i thought that was where we were going with this that was the natural progression no no we just had half-assed video packages before each match that's it That's it. Yeah, because I'm uh, Dylan. I was about to say I'm sorry. That sounds like a good idea. They're not allowed to have good ideas. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, okay. This is why they're all excited. And said so they came. Out, I was like, we changed history. I was like, no. How? No. We made history here tonight. I was like, by boring the shit out of me. 
also just poorly done. Like it was in this venue that was right next to a Build-A-Bear workshop, which made me laugh a lot harder than it should have. The ring was shoved all the way back in the venue. And apparently like the first like surrounding the ring were not fans. It was just like those weird. You remember where I sent you guys the link where it was like for a hundred dollars, you can be on this show and like we will review your work and all that. Apparently those people were around the outside of the ring so people couldn't see anything. Uh, Me and Dylan were outside on the patio the whole show, meaning we got the top half of every single match. Honestly, all you would have been able to see regardless. Yeah, wouldn't have been able to see it anyway, so it was fine. Um, no seating. Yeah, no seating. Uh, well, we someone had online was like, yeah, oh yeah, we had seating because we didn't want to see the show. It was great because the they were thing- like, hey, listen, you're not drinking. Everybody goes, like, all right, we'll sit on the patio. And about like 10 minutes into sitting there, we like look and we're like, you know, we could just probably just see the whole show from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, the first thing that made me truly laugh at this show was when this edgy counterculture professional wrestling program opened with, hey guys, we know we want to control our narrative and all that, but there are kids here, so like, keep it keep it cool with like, holy shit chants and all that, okay? <laughs> Don't be doing no nasty swears here at Control Your Narrative. This is a family counter-cul- thing. Despite, despite the clear like, warning thing that says, this isn't for children. Yeah. And then they proceed to be like, look, we're all against the culture. But if you here are a survivor of one of the wars, please stand for our national anthem. Do you have any idea how hard it was to not break out laughing? Do you have any (laughs) idea? I barely held it together. Barely. I I had to I had to like stop at the end before I just started cackling and they kicked me out of the building. So that happened. Then the show just had, like, some normal matches, like Dylan said, with some stuff interspersed. Then at one point, a man in, like, a flamboyant rainbow onesie and a bear <laughs> walk out. Tie-dye bear. Do you bear. remember? Tie-dye bear. Do you remember the dude's name? Uh, Man Bun Jesus. Man Bun Jesus, and, that's um, right. And, Groovy Grizzly. Go- yeah, and th- I'll be honest, that was the moment during the show where I said, I can fucking get into this. Okay, I can get into some weird fucking gimmicks. At which point the entire crowd began chanting for them to murder the bear. I'm going, no, what? This is the most creative thing that's been on the show so far. Oh, wait, now I understand why you're hating it. Now I get it. And then Austin Aries came out. Oh, God. Is this when y'all left? (laughs) I wanted to. They cheered him. And at that point I was like, "I I should leave. Yeah, because, like, we were following along with, uh, I think her name's Xenia, something like that on Twitter, and I was like, okay, good, we have people here who are just here to, like, make fun of the show and hang out and have a good time. Obviously, we all are aware that Austin Aries is the worst, and then Austin Aries, clap, 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 and I was like, we gotta go. (laughs) I don't have enough gender for this crowd. We can't stop here. This is bad country. <laughs> this is Aries country. And then he gets in the ring. And this is what pissed me off more than anything is that this counterculture edgy show brings out Austin Aries and has him do a fucking stupid comedy segment about 
your hot takes. Do you like pineapple on pizza? Ha 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 ha. I'm like, this is fucking nothing. This is a nothing segment. I, it was at that point I did wonder if I was too high and that I was hallucinating. Because I was like, this isn't real. You didn't ask this man out here and then he started giving a synopsis on deep dish pizza. Yeah. I must be insane. Did I just die and go to hell? <laughs> it was purgatory. It wasn't even good enough to be hell. <laughs> And that's all I remember of this show. I'm not even lying. Um, I can't remember anything. Because, like, most of it was just me and Dylan talking shit the whole time. Then there was one guy who uh, was working heel, but also we were sat right next to his parents. So as he old, came out, the way, we had to be old like... Old, white, clearly Trump voter people. Yeah. Oh, we had one well, of those at, uh, at Haas, too. There was also a bachelorette party that had, like, dick crazy straws and everything it was fucking oh there was the bachelorette party yeah, yeah. but yeah at uh at Haas we also had somebody who when Dylan McQueen came out anytime Dylan McQueen took any offense they were like hit him again do it again and I'm like you cannot convince me that this is because you're a fan of Mike Bennett this is purely homophobia happening behind me yeah, it's like th this man has pink shorts on and you are angry about it is oh, the only thing uh -huh. you care about right he now he was really upset that he didn't come up with the term uh, gaytriarch first so that was more, of, yeah. it was more of creative jealousy but I'll be honest and this is not me trying to like because we sat next to his parents put this guy over whatever his name was best part of the show for me because he came out as a heel and was like control your narrative it's just a shitty fight club ripoff with some indie rejects funded by some wwe has-beens and i was like you are correct you're the babyface right now you realize that right his entire persona was just frat bro and I'm just like, I'm yeah, behind oh, this. I'm behind. I'm 100%. Because he had commitment to the gimmick. Yeah, he was a character and fun to watch. And not just a random dude in a black t-shirt. Or Ryzen, who was there as well. Who has started his own um, Raven-esque following called The Congregation. <laughs> oh, oh shit. Thank you for reminding me. Now we can talk about the even stupider stuff. Damo was there. That was dumb. Da oh, fuck. I oh, forgot fuck. about Damo being there. Hey, Blake, did you know at Control Your Narrative, you do not win matches. After the hold match on, ends. Uh, hold, now, hold on. I'm just. After that's the what match you ends, said. Okay. Yeah. Say Big Damo won his match. The announcer gets on the microphone and says, Big Damo has controlled his narrative. And that's it. That's how they announce victories. I was wondering why you were saying that a lot. Yeah, it's because it was after every single match. Um, also, there was no women wrestling on this show. No. Mm. Look, hold on. <laughs> like that, that was a foregone Honestly, conclusion. By that, by that metric, that was the gayest show we yeah. watched. <laughs> also... Also, I don't know if you know this, but uh, next to the uh, the fair, like the giant wheel and uh, and everything on I Drive, there's just an abandoned bus stop where you could just park. Yeah, it was me. And, I guess it was because we were a little high as well. But every single time me and Dylan were just like looking at each other, we're like the car had to have been towed at this point. We we paid no money. 
we t we we sh gave no indication we would be parking there. It cannot be this easy. <laughs> I'll tell it you, was that easy. <laughs> which became an ongoing thing for the whole week. And I was like, it can't be that easy. And it was. Every time we brought it up, I was like, it's just, it was it's that, just easy. that easy. Huh. We, do, we could just walk up to Ethan Page. Yeah. <laughs> it is that easy. I will say, it's. Um, I'm so glad that I went to New South over Control Your Narrative, but I'm sad that I couldn't be with you boys at, the sh at uh, Revolution because uh, I could tell that you, what kind of time y'all were having at Control Your Narrative because you were just posting about it in the chat. And I didn't hear jack shit during Revolution. Oh, yeah, no. You didn't hear jack shit during fucking Max Caster's amazing, like, fucking concert it's either. It's almost yeah. like when a show is really good, you don't want to look at your phone. You just <laughs> want to watch it. Uh, last few notes about Control Your Narrative. The announcer messed up the name of the final tag team that was facing off against uh, EC3 and Strowman. Oh God! Why are you Why are you making me remember the cringeness? <laughs> By the way, it was it was Tyler Bateman and what can only be described as like even even like greasier looking Bray this Wyatt. This is a very specific reference that mm. no one will get. But he's like the revolting blob from Crashbox on HBO Kids. That's a reference for me and only me. Um, but he announces, yeah. So <laughs> he announces them as like Vincent. Which one? I was going. Wait a minute, fucking Vincent's here. Okay. And then he just like looked at his notes and realized he said it wrong. Replaced the name and then just went ha ha. <laughs> like getting it wrong was on purpose. <laughs> I lost <laughs> my shit. Actually, it's Bateman and Andrews. Ha ha! I've made a heel them. turn. I'm controlling <laughs> yeah. my narrative. I'm the <laughs> announcement. <laughs> Honestly, I would have, I would have rather listened to you pull that bullshit for the fucking two uh, hours I sat there, there. It was only two hours, by the way, though, which was a mercy to us. Uh, every single pre-show and after video was run off a of VLC tr uh, pl uh, player. Which got new on a Mac on a Mac, which got numerous VLC chants from the crowd throughout the entire show. At one point, uh, it was after demo one. Austin Aries Tron came up. They realized they fucked up. They moved to another video. Still wasn't the correct video. Moved to a third one. Still wrong. Moved to the fourth. That one was right. But now they had gotten used to pressing next. And so they just moved on to the next video. Oh, God. They, had to, they ended up closing VLC, being on the background thing of, uh, of just the Mac. Yeah. And then bringing it back over. I could have hired a high school AV club to run this better. I had my own anxiety attack watching it. I was just like, I know what that person has to be going through right now, and they're about to get sent to the rant room, which, yep. by the way, only one person went to, and uh, someone on Twitter pointed out, hmm, probably not a good idea to go into a closet with somebody who was named in multiple speaking out accusations. Yep. Um, speaking of rant room, we've been in the rant room for well over 10 minutes now. Yeah. It's great. It's great. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Scissor me, boys. Scissor me, boys. <laughs> and speaking of scissoring, on to uh, the, the reason we sat through Control Your Narrative, Max Castra's show, which fucking slapped. It was really, really good. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I did find out afterwards that not everyone loves the acclaim. Uh, I apparently know a lot of cops. You know so many fucking oh, cops, shit. dude. <laughs> I know at least three cops. Yeah. Uh, 
I think that, that was probably the, like, at least afterwards, actually meeting Max Caster and making him laugh because we came up for the fo- photo and he was just like, uh, uh, like, and then I was like, yeah, thank you so much for doing this, man. We sat through control your narrative for this. And I have the live, like, it's not just a video. It's like a reaction of him going, ha! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then that led to the picture that's on my Facebook now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is Max Caster reacting to that? And then afterwards he was like, hey, it's 10 bucks for a photo. It's 10 bucks for this. And at that point, Dylan had walked away. So I was like, I- uh-huh. I've got it. And then I walked. I was behind you. Yeah. No, uh, you went first and then it was me. <laughs> And I yeah, walked yeah. up and he goes, 10 bucks for a photo. I went, okay, how much to scissor me? And he just went, <laughs> Anthony Bowens is my favorite person on the planet. And I didn't even meet him. <laughs> <laughs> he came off as the chillest yet most like grateful person. Yeah. Because going into the acclaim, you could tell that at a certain point, he wasn't fully okay with how fucking weird Max Caster is. Yeah. And then in, like, the last two or three months, I think, he just said, fuck it, and started embracing it, mm-hmm. and, like, started embracing, like, the scissor thing. <laughs> nope. Literally on stage while they were ra- rapping, he said, scissor me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite moment, though, was he did do the, Orlando, the acclaimed, have arrived, and the whole crowd chanted along with him, and then he just goes, he drops his voice completely and just goes, Thank you guys so much. I always am afraid I'm going to faint when I do that. <laughs> uh, there's so probably good. clips of this on uh, YouTube <laughs> as well. So I would recommend going to check it out. Like, uh, I know uh, Ethan P- Page's vlog has has bits and pieces of it where they fed Tin a Kit Kat bar on stage. <laughs> and then Max yep. Caster said he was a throat goat. And then Anthony Bowen showed up. It was like, did someone say throat goat? Somebody say throat goat? <laughs> uh, the biggest moment for me and this is just how i realized i don't follow max caster on social media because this had been announced is uh he started to play a song it didn't work and he goes i guess my I guess my music player must be cursed and the whole crowd just went fuck and then out came dan Housen, baby and uncursed uh, uncursed the acclaimed for uh a uh, 120 dollars <laughs> it was so good and then uh yes you're not cursed anymore okay <laughs> curse undone it's gone curse und- yeah essentially yeah. it was great and then he came out and he cursed smart mark sterling who did beat poetry now you yeah. however you're getting fucking cursed he he cursed him and then Max just body slammed him on this fucking stage. Nice. And then yeeted him off off of the stage. Uh-huh. Like through the door. It was great. Uh, it was great. So yeah, show was great overall. If you ever have an opportunity to go see Max Caster live, absolutely. Uh absolute sweetheart meet, Dan Housen. God bless that man, because holy shit, he had a line and a half. Yeah. By the time we got up to meet him, he was not breaking character per se, but I could hear Dan Housen, the person speaking and not the demon speaking. I was just like, I accidentally dressed like Warhorse today because I was wearing my battle vest. He went, ah, very funny. I was like, how much? He goes, uh, 20 for a picture with me. 24 and 8 by 10. I you said, said how much for how much for both? And you said 40. <laughs> You're like, yes, that's how math works. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was a sweetheart. But uh, second baby face of the week goes to Ethan Page because Danhausen and uh, Caster were out like with an actual table. Like they were clearly there to take <laughs> pictures. They were there to meet fans. 
Meanwhile, Ethan Page was just fucking hanging out and then did an impromptu meet and greet that he had didn't have to do at all, but he was just chilling there and talking with folks. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> I fist bumped him and he did uh, confirm for me that having to buy a new uh, like a new outfit every week was a legitimate problem for him. <laughs> wow. And then I uh, went up and I showed him a picture of Ripley in her Bucky's onesie. And I said, you're the reason why Ruby Soho is my daughter's favorite wrestler. And he just went, yes! <laughs> he did the whole, like, mm. he was so <laughs> hype. It was great. Uh, there was a text that happened after that. Uh -huh. I know there was. So uh, that was Saturday. We've gone from Haas. We've controlled our narrative. Oh, also, uh, speaking of Thursday, I, I'm on dark. You can see me. I'm, I'm the guy wearing the Universal Studios face mask because, like, at Revolution, it, like, it was spread out enough. I was like, okay, whatever. There's, like, some room. Like, you are, you are like, literally less than centimeters apart yeah. at the dark, dark oh. tapings. I was just like, I don't trust you motherfuckers. I need <laughs> to uh, get, I need to get the, uh, actual replay of revolution to see if on video you can catch me and dylan at the very beginning of the show just scissoring and staring down a camera viciously just I, going, I tried to look for y'all but i um i you were distracted really... by the whole good wrestling show that happened there was a lot of good wrestling that happened on that show and just a lot of the wrestling that i just would watch and uh i yeah. do want to begin this by saying i got dylan i got his ass that day yep because uh we got in and i said hey dylan you mind find, helping me find my seat because i had i had floor seat and dylan goes down to the floor and you have this great confused look the whole time going i'm going to get kicked out why am i here with you uh the guy whose uh, seat this is is gonna be here any moment which point I, with the line of the century, pulled out my phone, swiped over. I had bought two floor seats. And I said, the man whose seat this is did just show up. And then Dylan hugged me. And I was like, oh, he is capable of feeling love. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Let you stay in my house, asshole. <laughs> and uh, that was uh. another, it can't be that easy moment. Because they were... To, not to discount the fact that I got you floor seats, they were very cheap. And I was like, okay, there's got to be like a pole there or a production box. Nope. We had to be around shitty wrestling fans, but like other than that, 10 out of 10. Oh, fuck. Heel of the week. Heel of the week to the people behind us. Because Ooh. I, you, I think it should be a rule. If it's your first time at AEW, you are in the upper, you're in the upper stands. If it is your second time, you can move down to the first stands. And then finally, on your third time, you can go to the floor. You have earned the right at that point. Because the people behind us spent an inappropriately large amount of time just discussing WWE. And the people to the right of us also. Oh, I, I couldn't hear them. Yeah, they were talking about Jeff Hardy for a long ass time. Well, that's not technically talking about WWE anymore. Well, it was that night. Yeah. Technically, uh, it was. It. I don't. I don't want to say that it might be the worst, <laughs> worst crowd I've been in in a while. They were pretty rough during bits. It might just be because they were all assholes during Max and yep. Punk's match, and I was like, no, no, uh, 
I will stab I, you. I will stab all of you. I will say, uh, for some reason, uh, I had a, I like, I was reading the Reddit live thread like I do sometimes, and I hate the Reddit live thread because it's a horrible place, it's with nothing but the worst people in it, but I can't, I can't stop because it just draws me in, I have a problem. Um, yeah. But, um... They were always just saying, wow, the crowd's real quiet tonight. I'm like, they've got the the ringside mic'd to hell. It's like they've probably got crowd mics almost down. Like, they, yeah. it's almost like watching it from TV, because I wasn't there. I'm sorry. Um, is uh, It was a very different experience, I think. Um, yeah. You got to hear fucking it was, everything. It, no, it, it had moments. Yeah. There, were, there were down moments. Mm-hmm. Like the match, I I'm not allowed to talk about anymore. But no, we can discuss the, crowd- the match itself. It's just your review of her entire reign that you always say. But no, the match itself. Like I uh, I looked at it after the show. There were only two matches that disappointed me, and they were unfortunately both for women's championships. Everything else, I was great. I was like, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted. Actually, no, I gave it more thought. The TBS title match did not disappoint me. That was about at the level I thought it would be. My expectations were met. Yeah, my expectations were pretty low for me for that one. So, uh, I. Why? Why? I guess it's because Tony was like, everything I book is pretty obvious and everyone knows it's going to be Rosa. So why don't I throw a swerve in and then let her win on the anniversary of the, uh, the lights out match on the same show, St. Patrick's Day Slam, which yeah, I don't mind. Don't have them have a match on this card then. Have yeah, them, uh, or or if you do, have it be a good match. I don't think it was the. I think it the was sucked I, the wind out of me. I thought it was good. It was meeting my expectations until the end. Until like there were at least. You mean you mean like every Britt Baker match? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was like it's always, um, and it, the more and more I see it, the more and more I see this formula. Because it's always two or three instances of interference before Baker somehow wins. Like there's yeah. not one big interference. There's not two. There's not like a tease and then a payoff. It just happens continuously from about halfway into the match until it finishes. Yeah. I just now realized that is some that's just a running theme in that whole household, isn't it? Because that is one of the problems people had with uh, Cole later in the night. Uh, it wasn't as it wasn't as egregious as it was in like NXT. But uh, at least it was a good match. This one did kind of rely a little bit too heavily, much like all of her matches on interference. Uh, but outside of that, should we just much like <laughs> like all of them? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, Jade versus Ty, and then Brett Rosa were my two yeah. stinkers of the night. And then, yeah. unfortunately, my my third was Hook and QT, which made me sad because uh-huh. I was so excited to see my boy make his pay per view debut. And yeah. then they're like, "Hey, but what if we give QT offense?" I'm like, "There's yeah. your they problem." Were, is you wanted were, to give QT offense? Were they? And, um, and that is the that is the natural progression. Of him. You can't just have him squash people forever. He eventually has to let people get some offense in. And QT fucking cheated for all of it. Yeah. Uh, Layla versus Stat. <laughs> it's fucking good. It's just yeah. good. Yeah. I, I was the only person cheering for Layla Hirsch and I felt vindicated. Mm-hmm. This is just- uh, 
Layla Hirsch, also the reason why I won pickups. <laughs> yeah. Is we, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. That and also because I allowed you because there was not a TBD in that match to take Wardlow. You set the precedent for that back whenever, um, uh, oh, what's her name? Didn't show up to Fighter Fest and was replaced with, uh, with the bunny. Oh, that's right. I remember that one. Yeah. Uh, so there was a precedent as long as it's before the bell rings that you're allowed to change your pick. Mm-hmm. We've seen we've we've seen Sting do some crazy shit in our lives, haven't we? Sting, my boy, you are. I was screaming at the TV. My roommate was coming. He come into the living room and was watching the pay per view. I was like, that man is sixty something years old. He is yeah. going to. He did it. The worst part about it for me is the fact that I was still, like, concerned because when Sammy hit the Spanish fly on Isaiah Cassidy, like, they landed weird. Yeah, that looks scary. And then I saw Aubrey Edwards jump to her feet and run with a scared look on her face. And when you see Aubrey looking scared, you need to be scared. That was. um, I'm also apparently not allowed to tell people to do Spanish flies anymore. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah. Dylan, much like uh, at that NXT show, as they climbed up, just went, do a Spanish fly. And then Sammy grabbed him. I just went, you can't fucking say this anymore (laughs) because they'll do it. Um. (laughs) I do remember. Two for two. I remember because um, there were two tables set up, and uh, this is from the close up of the, uh, the replay. Um, yeah. Like they crashed through the one table, but the other one, like you could just see them slam right into, and it yeah. it full on big league Japan tabled their faces. And then Isaiah didn't move. Yeah. So Isaiah, you could see Isaiah's head like is the one that smacks that yeah. table. And so as Sting was jumping through four fucking tables, I was just turning around and be like, what's Sting do? Okay, yeah, cool. Isaiah, are you good? Are you moving? Yeah, yeah Sting, I see it. It's okay. <laughs> that is actually something I got. You get such a quick glimpse because they were doing close ups on TV of. Um, uh, both of them lying there, and you saw Aubrey run up to him, and she was checking their hands, and like I saw just the slightest, like the squeeze, the little squeeze. Yeah, uh, that one, that one was good. House of Black trios match, though. Holy shit, they're so cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. meaty men slapping Happen me. Meat. I'll be honest, that whole match went on, and the whole time I was like, holy shit, they're gonna give it to Death Triangle, and at the end I felt stupid, I was like, right, missed, there was missed, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't know how I keep forgetting that, that oh, it's because he's not Asian, that's how, <laughs> I've been I've been conditioned by wrestling, only Asian people can use missed. I had <laughs> multiple moments during that going, holy shit, Redbeard's a lot more over than I ever thought he was. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's the Brody connection or what, but yeah, he was... It helps. He was it, very it over. Yeah. He's also a lot more agile than he was before. He always was kind of mm-hmm. the more agile of that duo. Like, he would always do the high-flying big man moves. Uh-huh. This was the best moment of the night for me. It's when me and Dylan were sitting there. I think it was... I think it might have been after Baker Rosa or right before that where we were trying to figure out what the rest of the card was. And I just had this moment of clarity where I said, Holy shit. Danielson and Moxley's on this show, and we forgot about it. <laughs> this show is so good that we forgot about Danielson and Moxley. I did call. I did call the opening match, though. I'm real proud of myself for that one. 
It's like, what do you think they're going to open with? Eddie and Kingston Jericho. Yeah. Yep. I am beautiful. <laughs> it's like, ah, nailed that it. Go me. Match. That was, uh, I mean, obviously my match of the night was Punk and MJF because I'm that bitch. But second was easily Jericho and Kingston. Like, uh, someone pointed it out on- Did you, did you expect to watch an, uh, an All Japan match that day? Because I only half expected it and was very happy. Someone on Twitter said, uh, usually guys who have been in the business 30 years go out and expect you to wrestle their kind of match, but Chris Jericho just wrestled an Eddie Kingston match, and that's the mm-hmm. ultimate show of respect. Yeah, also Jericho was just like, I guess I should stop drinking or something, slim down to do this match. Fine. Get a health scare. Oh really? I didn't. I didn't hear about that. Um, yeah, like last last year, mm-hmm. which probably is part of like oh, I gotta stop drinking or I'll die. For Jericho, that's the thing that I'm almost positive it was. No, because he didn't drink. He took. doesn't drink like beer. He drinks like straight vodka, which I mean isn't the best for you, but I don't think it really uh, adds to like fat or something. No, nope, like it'll it'll get you bloated though. I still maintain that he got fat for heat, and I love that for Chris Jericho. Uh, Chunky heat. Yep. But, uh, yeah, that was... Is that my match? Match of the night? The whole night's kind of a blur. Uh, no, no, the tag match was my triple match. Triple threat? I adored yeah. that. I adored that match a little bit too much for a match that did not have my two favorite tag teams wrestle that much. Because outside of like the very end, they kept Red Dragon and Bucks as separated as possible, and I really dug that. Uh huh. I I also love the story because it was more ju- uh, like uh, the Jungle Express fighting off two of the best tag teams in the. Um... It put the importance back on Jurassic Express and not on the team that was feuding the Hot Feud, which which I really dug. I uh, also I, I keep saying like. I... Over time, I'm just like, no, no, I think this is my favorite tag team. And then the Young Bucks come out, and I was like, nope, nope, still, <laughs> still love them. them. Can't. Still them. Still, it's, it's still them. They showed up at the at the Universal tapings, and I was just like, all right, cool. I could leave after this match, actually. This is mm-hmm. this is it. And they showed up for that, and I was like, nope, nope, still, still great. Mm-hmm. Uh, any comments on Danielson Mox outside of what happened afterwards? Because that was just a violent fucking brawl, huh? It was a violent, like, it was a fuck fest. In the best how way it, possible. How does it feel to have your two favorite wrestlers tag teaming? Like, I don't think, I don't think Scotty and I can have that. Yeah. I mean, technically, huh. my two favorite wrestlers did back in PWG in the two thousands, but I mean, it's, it's men of low moral fiber. Oh hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because I at first I was scared of the uh, the, but how will they get along? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the answer is William Regal. Regal. <laughs> and that, yeah, and then the answer was real William Regal. He came out, he slapped Mox and headbutted him, and then Daniel Brown was like, ha ha ha. And then he got a slap for his trouble too. And it's William fucking Regal. And I'm so on board with this right now. I am gonna come. Did you know, and this is something that I did not realize until I saw it on Twitter this week, that the char- not the person, the character of William Regal is intentionally not heterosexual like that's something william has come out and said numerous times and that makes me so happy that's the representation i need is an angry british man hitting on tony shivani the master of a lot of empty bottles and more than a few broken hearts sweetheart (laughs) god that that happened i was like kiss 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 (laughs) 
Then he insulted the man's man's suit, which is the gayest thing he could say. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just really like that match. I mean, it's... Um, I think that... Uh, because you knew that that one, and you knew Punk MJF was going to have blood. But so at that point, I was like, because it was after that match, and I was like, are they going to be able to do blood this time? Or are they going to try to... And then I just, mean, they were able to get away with doing three tombstones in one show. Yeah. We're fine. Yeah. And then I, I just blink, and Mox's face is a tomato. I mean, he, that, that one had to have blood. I mean, the point of the yeah. feud was, if we do not bleed together, we will not fight together. Yeah. So, like, they and had they to did. bleed. Uh, well, I guess we'll watching smug Daniel Bryan get the shit kicked out of him is my new drug. <laughs> it is yeah. so fucking good. I do enjoy the moments of offense that Moxley got in um, in that match because Bryan has just turned it around from a few years ago. I never wanted to see that precious boy hurt. And yeah. now I'm just like fucking pile drive him for fucking knock him off the mat kick his face in so he can look like he's in pain and that smug smile goes away <laughs> uh do we want to do ladder match next or page and cole uh, big meat man slapping <laughs> meat that was the Keith match lee hit motherfuckers with another motherfuckers Fuck. All right. They ripped apart a whole ass ladder. <laughs> they snapped it in half like it was a twig. This was, I just want to say, like, normally a, a ladder match, you think that's going to be the high flyers. It's a technical people's uh, place. Mm-mm. And this Thick time boy. they're just like, big boys. Now, did Ricky Starks need to take a Kota Bushi bump on a ladder after having his neck surgically repaired? No. No. But... Did it look bitchin'? Yes! <laughs> Looked vicious as fuck. It's Wardlow's world, baby. Wardlow's uh, world. God, oh. that was... That was... There were so many good things in that. I'm I'm sad that Orange Cassidy got shoot hurt. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that spot where they just pick up the ladder and he hangs onto it and then crawls up top and then crotches himself. Yep. Sc- I love when Orange Cassidy screams. It's my favorite thing. He just crotches himself and goes, No! <laughs> oh, fuck. That was such a good match. And it did have this, uh, the sprinkling. It had the, the Ricky Starks. It had the Orange Cassidy stuff in it. But it was all about it the had, big meeting. It had minute. Christian. It had Christian. It's, Christian, who also was doing Christian. Like, he was yeah. part of it. Yeah, he did a reverse DDT off the top of a ladder. Shockingly, Keith Lee was was the not the smallest member of that match, but like the one that I honestly remember the least. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he uh, he took part in some of the big meaty men spots, but I don't. I think this was more of like they wanted to get him out of the picture. Yeah, Keith Lee does. Keith Lee does Keith Lee things. Mm-hmm. He tosses. Unfortunately, boys. one of those things was hurting Orange Cassidy. Oh, was that where it? Uh, was that where it happened? Yeah, the. The yeet spot, yeah, because they didn't catch him because he caught he caught too much air. They stood where they expected a normal person <laughs> to be able to throw Orange Cassidy, and I don't know if you noticed, Orange Cassidy went four feet further yes. than that. Yeah. He was because he went sailing. I remember that spot now that you mention it because you saw him like his legs just sailed over them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I will say uh, I really liked the ladder match um, yeah. because it had a lot of fun spots. I feel like it looked a lot more awkward on TV than it would have live. Yeah, I could see that because like, it, there were some awkward spots during it. There was, I did, there was a, a I, lot of positioning. There was a lot of getting in position for their next spot, and I could really yeah. see it. 
I did enjoy how instead of setting up three ladders with two people on each side, it was two ladders with two people on each side and then just a motherfucker hanging off each side of it. Yeah. Uh, Adam Page has survived 60-minute Iron Man matches. He has survived Texas death matches. And now he has survived the most deadly type of wrestling match ever. An NXT main event. (laughs) His fucking first NXT main event. I'm glad that everybody's on the same page of like, hey, do y'all want to see? I mean, you got a you got a real smattering of wrestling here, but do you want an NXT main event? Do you want those false finishes? Do you want those last second kickouts? Yeah, someone online pointed that out, and I was like, ah, damn it, you're uh, that's 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 a match ruiner for me right there, isn't it? Uh, n- not enough to ruin it. I actually really dug this. I, I had to fight between either this or the triple threat being my third match of the night. I um I did really like it too because I'm I think I'm just more of a mark for the I- NXT main event style um yeah. and I just really like I really enjoy the the high pace or the fast paced uh way that they were going about it maybe a few too many finishers but um yeah. you know I mean that wasn't that bad nah, yeah it, not it, as bad it, as it, it could have been if listen, it was NXT you, listen so the 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 bellwether for that is Gargano Cole two out of three falls. Yeah, that one had a lot. <laughs> that one had yeah. a lot of shit. So that this one had like good one where you were like, oh shit, I actually did think that was going to be the end uh-huh. of this match. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Whereas in the other one, you're just like, oh for fuck's sake, let it end. <laughs> they just shot him with a gun. Let him get <laughs> pinned. Damn it. No, he's I kicking do, out. I do like, and maybe Blake. You're a big Hangman fan. Maybe you're a fan of this too. That this was the first match where Hangman looked like the actual champion mm-hmm. yeah. and not the underdog. Because uh, when you stand up next to Adam Cole, Hangman Page, big boy. He, he is a big, big boy. boy. Uh, he's a he, big he ain't big meaty men, but he he's big. I, I uh, yeah. I've talked about it before. I'll I'll just say it one more time. This was the match to prove Adam Cole or uh, Adam Page is a star. Against a guy like it, Adam Cole, who is all personality. And it was really difficult because all the chants were just Adam. I wanted that to end so fucking fast. <laughs> it didn't. I mean, it did at the end when it really mattered and they had to like, it, like it was like, oh, we have to give our favorite wrestler our energy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it picked up. Oh, that was a good moment. Yeah. That match. I, there were so many variations on the Adam chant that I could not have imagined on my own. I began Fight for Adam. Them. Yeah. I began reviewing them in the crowd. Like fight for Adam. I was like, I'll give you all this one. Let's go, Adam. No, that's not. We've done that one already. You can't do that uh, one again. Let's, let's go, Adam. Adam sucks. That was good. That one was good. That one was like, I'll give you this. That one's good. Fuck him up, Adam. Fuck him up. That was mm-hmm. my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I To me, the, I, this felt like an old, at least how Paige was wrestling a lot more old school. And I really dug that. I also liked the fact that obviously it got him heat with certain members of the crowd when he like tied up Cole to the ropes and began kicking him. And I'm like. That's just revenge for what Cole did to him a couple of weeks ago. That's just payback, and I'm down with that. Yeah. Also, Adam Cole continues his ability to pinpoint accurately kick a motherfucker in the head. Mm-hmm. We. I don't know if it showed it. I don't know if it really accurately showed how much Paige's head snapped back on that kick, 
but it was substantial. It was, I, you could tell perfect. they were we, connecting. We had a perfect view, really, because where we were, like, in section one, like, perfect view goes, and then just, he's, he's midair and just BAM! Yeah. Shit. It, don't flush with his Flush face. as fuck. I don't know how he, but how he does it. My favorite part of that, uh, of that, though, was after the match when he grabbed the microphone, and he didn't cut a, alright, thanks for coming, y'all go home, happy promo. He was like, look, uh, I had to do some fucked up shit. Can I hope you guys can forgive me? Maybe one day I'll be able to forgive myself, but ain't anything gonna take this title away from me. And I was like, okay, I'm down with that. This is the most important thing in my world. And I was like, don't you have a son? <laughs> don't you have a baby? <laughs> yes, uh, and. I love story. I, I don't think this is the direction they're going, but I love storylines about like championships corrupting somebody because it's how much they want to keep it. Uh, and that would be something fun to play with, with uh, Adam. But now, now Punk and MJF and fuck, oh dude. God. That's all right. I wanna, that's the one where I'm sad I saw it in person and not on TV. I actually oh. feel the exact same way. Yeah. Because I, yeah. Because, uh, I feel like that's the one match where I was like, I wish I could hear Excalibur right now. I, I loved Excalibur's commentary for um, that match, by the way, because he was just so on point with every reference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, that was the thing is, so heel of the week, by the way, is to anyone who engaged in the weird discourse about punk coming out to that AFI song, because there were two sides and it was... Tony Khan doesn't need to be doing things like this because it alienates the casual fan. And I'm like, they said it on fucking commentary. You know what it is. They said it. You're just not being spoon fed it. But then there's another side where they're like, if you don't know what this means, you're a fucking idiot. And I'm like, okay, look, you're both wrong. Both sides of this argument are purely incorrect. Both oh, of I you, you were gonna get say, in the, the other side. And then there was the other side that was like, this was totally worth buying Ring of Honor. Yes, <laughs> yes. that's the side I was on. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the side I'm on as well. Because, uh, like, one of the things I realized while writing my script for the thing I'm actually going to be doing about this is that this feud was all about acknowledging consequences to your actions. Because ever since Punk returned, everything he had been doing... Like, he literally said it, it, bringing up the seven-year absence is low-hanging fruit. And it's like, no, that's just not wanting to accept the consequences of what happens when you leave for seven years. And I understand mental health and all that, but every action does have a good consequence and bad consequence in this uh, matter. And as, the, a as things went on, you saw Punk more willing to accept the consequences of his actions like he came out and was willing to look at max and say i'm sorry for leaving uh i want to shake your hand i i don't want to leave again and the finish of this match is maxwell finally having to accept the consequences of his own actions when wardlow finally turns on him which was just, just so yeah, good so max good. i i need to tell you something every action has an equal opposite reaction <laughs> It was in the other pocket. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so Ooh, good to watch. Oh, they did. Uh, and there were a lot of things. Um, I can't. I don't know what side of the ring y'all were on, because if you didn't get to see, like, what Punk's knee looked like going into those steps. Uh, oh, yeah. 
Well, I mean, th- there were people in the way, so we couldn't really see it, but yeah, that was rough. They mic'd those stairs. Yeah. They mic'd the shit out of those stairs. They also mic'd uh, the, like, not announcer booth, the uh, ring, the ring and ring side, ring yeah. area. They, um, uh, when MJF Give me said, that fucking mic! When he said that Excalibur had to say, I mean, we're going to have to apologize for um, MJF's language here. It's a pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, we can do everything... You can do everything short of a live sex celebration. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I cannot wait to go back and re-watch that match because I absolutely adored it. I adored this entire feud, and this was the perfect way to cap it off. Another people, another uh, person on Twitter pointed out, like, Punk threw everything he had at Max and wasn't able to take him down. It wasn't until the future of this industry and Wardlow came in that he was able to finally beat him. And also... I mean, I'm 90% sure if he had actually just gone for the fucking cover after he, the GTS, he would have won. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was a... I think it was more a thing of just like, hey, listen, mm-hmm. uh, I know you've really been wanting some revenge. Would you like to punch him in the face yeah. with this? Also, it goes back yeah. to the, uh, the punk promo about where he finally says, like, will you be my Valentine? He goes, your entire career is based off of other people and based off of a ring you didn't even earn. And that ring and those people are what finally takes down Max. Now, everything I'm telling you right now about how much I love that match is also what I told my Lyft driver at four in the morning on the way to the airport. And he was not a wrestling fan, but I think I made a believer in that man over the course of that 45 minute drive. You know what? More power to you, bud. Uh, he, uh, this is the last story and it's baby phase of the week. That Lyft driver. I got in. Like you've noticed he's had like, like eight baby phases, right? It was a I, good I appreciate fucking it. week. Cause I haven't had, I didn't want to talk about any baby faces and the baby faces I had, we already talked about. Yeah. Uh, everybody loves the acclaimed. Yes. God, the acclaimed are so fucking good. I'm just I, glad I got you didn't in. have a lot of heels. Yeah. So I got in the lift. I, uh, I, he asked like business or pleasure. I'm like, it's four 30 in the morning. We don't need to have conversation, but a mix of both. And, uh, I told him like I was here for the wrestling show. He goes, Oh really? I once took, uh, what's her name? Lana to the WWE thing. And I was like, now we have something to talk about. <laughs> he goes, yeah, she was really hot. I wanted to hit on her. I'm like, it's a very good thing you did not because her husband would eat you alive with his whole mouth. <laughs> I would and do it for I, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, my hot double jointed wife. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was just like, I don't know. What's, what's the whole thing about wrestling? And then I was like, Sit back, let me tell you about how pro wrestling has now evolved, and it's now just real-life anime. Let's just do that shit. Oh, Joke's we got 40 on you, minutes? it's been real-life anime in Japan for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, but yeah, shit. God bless that Lyft driver for listening to me. I recapped the entire Hangman page store. Not the whole thing, but enough to, like, make him understand that, hey, wrestling is no longer about beating up the bad guy. It's about beating up your feelings and coming out a better man on the other side. Yep. So I recapped that. Oh, yeah. Speaking of speaking of feelings, uh, they teased Kenny Omega and I got Don Callis, and I was the only person not a- upset about that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Just getting to hear Kenny's theme music made me very happy. 
And mm-hmm. Kenny Omega, god damn it. Kenny <laughs> by God, god Omega. Omega. Oh. I I don't know how, like, because I'm I consider myself a relatively smart mark. They got me. They fully got me with that segment. Because I was like, uh, if this is Kenny's first pay-per-view, maybe he wants to come out so he doesn't break his streak. Nope, Don Callis is just a piece of shit. There we go. They got you because Don hadn't been, wasn't around for the end of Kenny's yeah. reign. So you don't expect it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it was a fucking great week of wrestling. Uh, we'll probably discuss AEW from last night next week. Jeff Hardy's here, which is fucking dope, I guess. Hangman yeah. and uh, Darius had a great finish to their match. Dante. Dante, that's right. Oh, uh, Darius is back, too. <laughs> yeah. Paige Van Zandt signed paperwork on Ty Conti's ass, which <coughs> fulfilled a lot of fanboys. Well, it was the closest thing to a desk in the ring. <laughs> yes, sturdy. <laughs> sturdy. But until uh, next time, where can, or what, what'd you believe? Uh, fuck, you know how the show ends. What'd you learn? Everybody loves the acclaimed. <laughs> if you don't love the acclaimed, you're a cop. <laughs> I learned that you two boys could have controlled your narrative, but you didn't. Fuck, no, you beat no. me to it, you piece of shit. <laughs> Blake, you have to come... I also learned that I hate wrestling fans. Yes, like, yes. Really. that's mine. I want that one. I, I learned I hate wrestling fans. So goddamn much. Uh, no, I, I need to come back down sometime, though. Yeah, no, you have to. You're the, you are the only way I'm going back to a wrestling show, a live wrestling show. I, I can't deal with these, these people. Well, if I had more money, we'd be going back to Vegas, goddammit. All right, where can people find you all on the internet? Blakey Tanner on the Twitter, the Darkroom video on YouTube, and here on the BS Network. I just uh, did a guest episode on uh, Fun Fiction um, with no, Scotty and Megan. No, you haven't. It's not out yet. Shut the fuck up. Oh, shit. I saw it. I thought I saw it posted in my Apple podcast earlier today. No, that's that's this week's episode. That is not the one Blake Tanner is in. But oh, go to shit. subscribe. It was the pacifier, not the peacemaker. Shit. Good. Thanks for the spoilers, bud. All right. Subscribe to Fun Fiction. In a couple of weeks, you will get to hear me and Blakey T talk about Peacemaker with Megan Danger. And if you want to hear me and Megan Danger fight ghosts and shit, listen to The Weird, the actual play TTRPG podcast. That's like The X Files, but funny. Uh, Magnus Archives, but funny. I fuck. I'm out of the game. I forgot what the tagline was. And Gravity Falls, but basically the same. And you can find that at jointheweird.com. A special thanks to Mega Ran for our theme song, Fighters. Go check out and support Mega Ran and uh, give him some love. I have a t-shirt with his face on it. And as always, you can find us at aloadofpurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show Eddie Kingston, I guess, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!